0: This is the Paperback League podcast, and this is our very first episode. My name is Angel Safedid, and I'm your host. Tonight, we'll be talking with two guests about the comic book industry and their impact on film and television. Let's get started. So for the people that are listening, if you wanna share just a little bit about yourself.
1: Well, my name is Brandon Martinez. Um, I have a background in graphic design, animation, motion graphics and now uh, from the last couple of years doing video games and specifically like VR content and some AR content now. Um, as far as video game, I mean um, as far as comic books, I think that's like one of the fondest memories and like one of the earliest memories I've had because like my my father was into uh, baseball cards and comics and he would always take me to you know um, I grew up in the Bronx like yourself so uh, we had like local um, bodegas and we had local corner stores and local little mom and pop comic book shops that were like everywhere oh man right there were comic books in like uh, the, the different corner stores yeah. and the De Amos and all that. Um, so every day, pretty much after school or on the weekend or when, we're, when I was hanging out with friends, <clears throat> we would go get our snacks, you know, our chips and our drinks and everything. and The grenade waters. The, yeah, the little quarter waters. Yeah. But we'll go and hang out in the corner store and we'll just read comics and get comics. And, you know, they had little arcade games in there. So it was kind of like the little... Um, corner mecca where everybody just went hung out and you know talked movies comic books you know sports um so that was like my earliest childhood memories and then i got really really close with a with a friend of mine that actually worked in one of the comic book shops oh nice so he was like my my uh, concierge or he was like my inside in, in comic books and he would say hey man you know we got this uh, this new Spider-Man or we got this Savage Dragon that just came out from Image or um, you know so he would always fill me in and then every every day after school I would just hang out in the comic book shop with them so uh, that I think that is what got me into the career that I'm in now like graphic design really? and cool. animation and film like comic books really really paved that that path for me Mm. yeah wow
0: that's it's funny you say that about the the corner stores with the the comics in them Mm -hmm. so are you saying that back then bodegas had like they sold comics in there or yeah
1: yeah like they had like a whole wall like you know when you walk into a corner store they have like the counter and then they have like all the candy at the counter yeah well they had like across from the counter they had a wall and the wall was filled with magazines, and then in the back, you had comic
0: books. Oh my god. So, um... You see, we don't have that anymore. Yeah. Now it's like the three, four shops that sell it (laughs) at whatever price they want, and the demand of the market. Yeah. So you're lucky. It was too late, way too late.
1: It was was pretty cool, man. And then, you know, we were always, you know, we would get our comic books, and then at school, we would trade. You know, And, and at that time, in the 90s, comics uh, and cards were huge like baseball cards I I have Marvel cards Uh, yeah yeah so they I think that kind of trade was was really big but I found out some interesting news that um, in the 90s a lot of the comic books in the 90s are not very valuable because the comic book shops were over um, were
0: they overproducing
1: Well, they were overproducing because the comic book shops were saying, hey, we have people interested in these Spider-Man comics or these X-Men comics, and they would overproduce. So whereas before they would make, let's say, just a few or or like a hundred or a couple of hundred, now they were producing thousands. So like Carnage and and the Spider-Mans and and, uh, the X-Men comics, like... They became so popular. Mm-hmm. Like, I have the death of of Spy- of the death of Superman. Okay. Like, brand new, sealed, still in the original plastic. It's not worth much. It's not worth much because they made thousands of those copies. So, in the 90s, it drove down um, the comic book industry, and Marvel was really, really suffering.
0: And that's how Marvel gave all of their movie rights yeah. to Fox and to Sony and things. Universal.
1: Yep. So, that, like, hurt the comic book industry, which in the 2000s and went back up and you know they they um focused a lot on the writing and the different you know uh, the, not the movies you know
0: so do you do you think if if marvel never hit that failing point in the 90s cuz i know they were about to go off the deep end i mean do you think there wouldn't be the the movie titan industry that there is now
1: probably probably not because i mean it caused them to diversify they had all their eggs in one basket and you know I, I think what was like the first Marvel I don't know like the, the earliest one I can remember was Blade nobody gets Blade credit no for like, even though like,
0: Blade has great movies
1: yeah well Blade has, well yeah I mean the movie Blade yeah yeah, yeah it's uh, you know, or maybe Howard the Duck
0: <laughs> yeah but I mean they started with Iron Man which was the Man. result of them not having X-Men Spider-Man yeah. uh, Fantastic Four and they yeah. rolled a huge dice on that yep and now look, yeah. everywhere you go, it's uh you know, it's no you're no longer a nerd for watching these movies and no. celebrating these movies. Literally, no. everyone does it. Yeah. And Robert Downey Jr.'s face as Tony Stark is like on everything, yeah. and that was Marvel taking that chance when their company was gonna uh, go change. under. So yeah. it's it's interesting because that never happened. Where where would we be? Would we? Yeah have appreciated the x-men movies more mm-hmm. uh
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know or and it's
1: interesting to see now like the yeah. the uh the post sony or post you know 20th century yeah. now we're now they have the rights and we're gonna see I think we are gonna see some amazing things because i mean they've proven with you know the avengers and and the you know that saga yeah that yes, we're going to get the the best writers, the best actors, the best, you know, directors. And, you know, I mean, not all of them were, you know, slam dunks or, you know, hit out the park, but compared to the earlier stuff and the 20th Century Fox, and I don't know. Uh, Spider-Man, I know you have people that are like the Tobey Maguire camp, the Andrew Garfield camp. I mean, I think... Tom Holland is the best one and I agree closely behind I I really did enjoy Andrew Gar- uh, Garfield yeah I really really enjoyed it I'm not crazy about uh Maguire yeah but he's I, but... he's you know
0: <laughs> I, I think the first Spider-Man and I'll get into it more with Tommy because he's like I think they did a great
1: job with the yeah. first movies with the the with like the um the content from the comics. Yeah, yeah, of course. That was great. Yeah. That was great. I just didn't like him as Spider-Man.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's funny because that was uh, with Sony selling their properties that or sorry, with Marvel selling their properties, Spider-Man was the first big film to hit the market. And if it wasn't for the Tobey Maguire Spider-Mans, there'd be none of the movies we have now because Mm -hmm. the the hit and miss of the Sam Raimi um, or sorry, Sam Raimi trilogy mm-hmm. and then the Fantastic Four movies that both pretty much bombed oh, yeah. and then that right. twenty fifteen mess we're not gonna mention. Yep. That was the catalyst for like real movie making to happen. And now even in areas such as D C you've got um you've got James Gunn doing Suicide Squad. They're yeah. really trying to yeah. put in a lot of muscle into these projects and then I mean, it's happening everywhere now. Um, the Boys was a comic, mm-hmm. and now it's one of the best shows on Amazon Prime. Yeah, I think so, it's fantastic. It's edgy. Show, <laughs> it's Did beyond it? anything. I have right. to admit that I haven't. No, I have two episodes uh, it's left, so good, but
1: I, we'll talk about it after. It really, so it really
0: was this like moment of while I was watching it, this moment of man, it's no longer Marvel and DC. Yeah image comics dark horse
1: um i was a big fan of dark horse growing up yeah i I
0: have some good dark horse stuff now they they have Um, some good
1: content they were like the new line cinema of like comics (laughs) yeah yeah.
0: um yeah i actually picked up black hammer Mm -hmm. um i have the first volume the first six issues that's Mm going to become a movie and a series universe actually it got it got picked up a few months ago Weren't
1: they going to do Neil Gaiman's Sandman or something like that? Maybe. Somebody was in the... That was a great comic. I
0: can't keep track of um, who's getting picked up now. Because now the comic industry is becoming the... Back then you had writers in Hollywood trying to make movies. And now they say, look at the comics industry. We've got tons of writers in there. We're going to pick their brains and their stories. And we have source material. So the comic industry has gone from this like this happy escapism thing in the 50s and 60s mm-hmm. to this you know it was this edgy world in the 90s early 2000s and now it's literally the, the bedrock for future cinema because if you look at everything dominating mm-hmm. the box office now it's superhero movies which mm-hmm. if you said that's 20 years ago you would have laughed and said no it's the yeah. next James Cameron James Cameron film or uh, but
1: that's the biggest thing that, that they're focusing on the writers now yep they're going out and they're curating and they're like picking the best writers because that's what they know the story is what's going to drive it
0: and they're grabbing the escapism of comics that were brought to the people who you know first Mm -hmm. bought comics and you know imagine that time in the 50s and 60s comics were an escape Mm -hmm. and now we go to the movies to escape catharsis all that yeah Yeah,
1: all the the political yeah which is great like you were talking about you know like with the um the stuff that they're putting in the comics now like our so, you know our current socio-economic statuses and the political issues that are going on and the social issues it's kind of cool I love and I think that's one one of the best things about comics that they spin reality and they give you a different utopian yeah. you know uh, scenario or they give you a different look at humanity that makes you look inside yourself
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. you know yeah. and um, and I think that that is what we're gonna start seeing a lot of now. Yeah, and it's becoming that normal imitating life and stuff.
0: Yeah. It it was I felt like there was a stigma behind it when I grew up. Mm-hmm. I was told you know comic book nerds and whatnot. You know they have no lives. They're burying their faces in these books. They don't mm-hmm. have jobs. You know all these stigmas I was told. Um, and then now that I'm in the comic game and I'm, I'm subscribed to different series and reading with it, there's so much potential now now that they become these big movies that will draw people in and everyone's mm-hmm. realizing now, okay, I don't have to be a huge nerd to like this. I can gravitate to this hero or to this story because the writers at Marvel, DC, Dark Horse, Image, um, Boom Studios, anybody I'm forgetting, they are um, really trying to make a, a central theme, a central story. Um, mm-hmm. I think uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates um, his new book actually just came out today, The Water Dancer. I'm going to pick it up when I can. Mm-hmm. I haven't been able to yet but he wrote it's so
1: hard to keep up with stuff. Oh yeah. There's, There's so much. Yep. There's so much.
0: Well he, he wrote um, the current mm-hmm. run of captain america Mm. and he's also writing the current run of black panther and he wrote the few runs before it Mm. of black panther and his writing is incredible in these comics it's like transcending it's no longer the let's make them have fight scenes and cool art and the same formulaic story it's now let's tackle these issues that are happening in society uh things like that um which i'll pick on marvel because i'm not a big dc reader Mm. um Marvel has a big hit and miss with that right now um, what I'm seeing is that some writers like ta Coates he's nailing the subject matter and he's using the hero mm. to portray their existence in this problem but then there's a, I believe there's you know there's certain politics that have spilled into comics now yeah
1: I was about. and do you think that has to do with Disney kind of like
0: oh absolutely you know um,
1: maybe uh, maybe directly or indirectly but
0: I mean, you know, after Disney purchased yeah. Marvel, there were certain characters that were created from new creative teams
1: yeah. just to please certain demographics, exactly. certain genders, or which
0: there's nothing wrong with that inherently. It's no, a, it's but a you good know, thing. comics was
1: like the last frontier. You could do whatever you want in comics and just like literature, just yeah. like, you know, um, um, comedy. Yeah. You I mean, know, Marvel was already doing it. Yeah, you know,
0: Stanley's ideas and the way he put characters together. Nobody was yeah. thinking about that in society. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: Storm, Afri- you know, African superhero. Yeah, and, and you had uh, and, you know, and you know, Black Panther for chunk. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I always loved Storm. She
0: was, <laughs> she, oh, she, you want to talk Storm, The then you, Jonathan Hickman, House of X. Yeah. She is incredible in that, man. You, you really got to read that. The hardcover yeah. Yeah. is coming out in December, okay. I think. It's 50 bucks. I know
1: they're going crazy in there, right? Like, yeah. like uh, Wolverine is like. Yeah, know. well,
0: it's, it's really, they're setting up for the future, yeah, and the X-Men you know. is, I feel, is going to be the center point of the Marvel comic universe, yeah. which has needed it to happen since adventures. the 90s. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. so when you think about the cinematic universe, mm-hmm. I think There's if, so much if they don't look them, right? to Jonathan Hickman's House of X, yeah. they're missing a huge opportunity, like for real, because they have found a way to introduce these guys into yeah. a world that was already previously established by... The Avengers mm-hmm. and whatnot, Fantastic Four. That's their call, mm-hmm. but they really should be looking you know, at a lot revolves around
1: Fantastic Four from the very beginning. You know, like Reed Richards or whatever. You know, he was like the smartest guy in the universe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like so much and revol- so much like stemmed from that. Yeah. Um, they really need to revisit Fantastic Four. It was never a favorite of mine, but there's so many characters. Silver Surfer they really need to do well, that Well they, sh-
0: they shaped a lot of the co- uh, comic universe yep. with Galactus alone yep. and Silver Surfer and then Reed Richards gets involved in a lot of stuff later on mm. that's very important like mm. the Illuminati um, you've got uh, the maker who is his alternate reality version of mm-hmm. him in, in um, I believe in Miles' universe Miles Morales his mm-hmm. original universe so they've got a lot to to work with, but the the point I wanted to get to is that I think the way the comics industry is working now is that they're writing because they know that it could become yeah. a movie franchise. Now, work. do you think that's a bad thing? Uh, do you you know? There's the pro of it brings the writing up the okay. caliber. Yeah. But the bad thing is they're just trying to maybe pour out content to make it to the theaters or are they trying to be more meaningful
1: well when it just caters to a certain you know group or when they're writing stuff yeah and they're forcing things into the story just so it becomes popular and picked up and you know essentially watering down certain things because they don't want to touch these certain topics or go into these areas that's what I said like it's comic books you can do whatever you want in comic books because it wasn't really mainstream, you know. Um, but now that everybody's jumping in, I, I don't know. I, I I hope not. I hope it doesn't it doesn't go the route of just popularity and and um, being safe, you know. Because I, I feel like Mark Disney is doing that with Marvel and you know, even their own content and forcing certain um, storylines and certain characters just because, you know, of movements and you know you know what you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, which it's
0: funny, you bring it up and it's to so many people controversial if you just bring it up questioning yeah, what's but happening.
1: Why 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 not have a discussion about it? Yeah that? yeah. Of you course. know it's like it's there, it's life you know but again that's the things you got to deal with you got to deal with certain groups wanting to yeah shut it down you know and yeah where's the creative freedom in that yeah you know and i'm not saying like spew hate because i don't think i don't think it's ever I i don't ever really remember hearing any controversies in in comic books like that you know like there's so there may many have been one or
0: two but you know it's it's they've always had that, that freedom and that's why yeah. I think the other companies do a little better than Marvel mm-hmm. um, they've just they have a very graceful way of doing it and mm-hmm. it's a part of the story and a part of the character's arc not just like we're going to introduce this character so this group of people yeah. feel it should happen that way and it already has mm-hmm. I mean look yeah. at Black Panther representing yep. a group of people um, you know it, it was done gracefully and it was done with that time and he's evolved over the decades to still be yeah. that prominent character and now look that movie was explosive yeah. it's in the top 10 of highest grossing films ever yeah. um, and even
1: as you know we're from New York you know New York City the Bronx like taking my kids to see into the, you know the Spider-Verse yep. Spider-Man to yep. the Spider-Verse and seeing Miles Morales yep. you know Afro-Latino yep. kid and That's huge, man. Like, you know, the the cultural references, the, you know, um, it was huge to see, like, my kid's face when they watched that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And because now they can say, oh, I can relate to that, you know? And um, going back to your writing, to the question about the writers, I do hope that they vet out. They don't just accept everything, you know? But at the same time, I hope that they open things up more to the diversity yeah you know more diverse characters um and they just keep including that in in the in the cinematic universe yeah yeah which they obviously are you know
0: for sure and that's their goal i think right now we live in a time where diversity and representation Mm -hmm. are the the two most important things to them, mm-hmm. um, but also the things that should be considered are story and characters and why we're going to do this. Why are yeah. you going to put diversity? Why all these things matter, but without substance, they're just there for
1: politics. Yeah. And, but okay. then we have the issue with like Venom, right? Like they wanted to make a rated R version then they said no for marketing and for, you know, for the mass market, we want to make a PG version pg-13 i think it hurt them you know um it's hard when i don't know how you can make a pg-13 venom you know or carnage which i think the new one is going to be rated r right i
0: don't know also i know rated. that uh, they're thinking about making deadpool rated r for disney and then when he's in the other movies they're right. obviously pg-13 so I'm, I'm sure they're gonna have a fun way of breaking the fourth yeah. wall where deadpool is like not even allowed to curse yeah um yeah yeah that's a creative way to do it but with venom I, venom was not good the first one so it's like yeah
1: i'm always careful to like say good or not good but yeah it was kind of hard to watch yeah <laughs> and you know what like like uh wasn't tom hardy i love that guy man he's yeah. such a great actor yeah. but it, it was just i don't know if it was just a just didn't hit the mark I thought that the visual effects for the Venom character were great. Oh, yeah. You know? And I'm really, really excited to see the new movie because of Andy Serkis directing it, Um, but also because of the new content in The Absolute Carnage. They have have so much. They, they like, brought him back to life because... For so long it was just wash rinse repeat with his character, you know?
0: Dude, Donnie Cates, he's probably never gonna hear this, but that guy is a comic book mm. god right now. Mm. He's just what he's doing with absolute carnage. Um
1: It's kinda cool, right? The, oh it, my gosh. The Symbiotes and their Yeah, he's <laughs>
0: he's also writing Silver Surfer Black, he's writing Guardians of the Galaxy right now. All of that is tying into something bigger and
1: how was that the Silver Surfer Black?
0: I'm almost done with it. Um, Four issues in. The fifth issue just got delayed to the end of October, and it is incredible. Some of the best art ever. Um, It's actually one of my pulls of the week, Mm -hmm. which um, I'll reference later in the show, but it's it's really good. You should check it out, yeah. Yeah. It's a collection I'm actually happy to have, Mm because there's only five issues, and Mm -hmm. I've got the original covers, first prints. They're just sitting in my collection and they look amazing. And yeah. the story's great too. So that's yeah, going to be timeless cool about that. Yeah. And his new look is crazy. Yeah. Like, I don't know if that's going to stick. I got to wait till issue five, mm-hmm. but he's got that all black. And then he's got like the, it's like, like rainbow, chrome DNA stuff yeah. inside. Of him. He looks, if he stays like that, I wouldn't care because I mean, there's a classic silver surfer, but this one looks so one cool. cool right? Oh hell yeah. The yeah. artist, but it's it's, Tradmore's art that makes it look so cool. Mm-hmm. If somebody else did it I'd be a little like I don't know how that would come out because mm-hmm. he made it look so cool with his his penciling and all that but the thing I wanted to wrap up with um, question for you is um, I know that you've been collecting comics seriously for a while now mm-hmm. and um, you know some of that entails you picking up stuff letting the value accrue and then later maybe finding a way to sell it. And you know, there's so many ways to do that just by holding on to your comic for decades to come. There's you can you can grade it mm-hmm. and take it to shows and whatnot and see what you can get for it. Do you think getting
1: them signed?
0: Yeah, getting them signed, which will get the value up. I know that's something you and I both, you know, really like and that's part of like reading is also collecting and, yep. and having something valuable in your collection. But do you think do you think that has made at any point of your time with comics has that made collecting comics toxic has it do you think it's ruining it in any way and
1: i think the variant thing is a little stressful yeah. especially for your for your pocket yeah <laughs> you know like when you have like with the spawn I, you know I, the Spawn three hundred I bought. But like, it was but it was Spawn three hundred. Yeah, you man, If you're buying every like,
0: variant of the next Spider Man or yeah, Fantastic it's, Four. It's like what do you do? It's doing?
1: crazy. Like House of X has what like six covers <sighs> per yeah per issue.
0: Yeah, that's that's. Crazy. And some of them are connecting.
1: So like, but you see again, that goes back to like in the '90s, and like you know you're inflating the market because you're putting all of this, you know, you're putting all these comics out there and. I don't know if it but drives in the 90s, down there were the issues.
0: There were really that is now. true.
1: That is true. Um, it, it's a little stressful, but I enjoy art. Yeah. So I love because you come from that background. Yeah, I love the the different artists that they you know they'll get different artists to do different variant covers. So I think that's really cool. Um, but going back to the question, I, I think that. Um, I don't know i i think get what you love i mean as any collector would tell you yeah like don't go out there because you think it's going to be you know valuable or popular like just buy the stuff that you like yeah buy the stuff you're interested in don't stress oh i need to pick up this you know wonder woman from you know or or this old man logan you know if you don't like the storyline if you're not you know, if it doesn't draw you in, or if you didn't um, read, you know, a storyline, and it jumped off into another comic, don't even, you know, don't stress yourself just yeah. having to buy everything. Yeah, just buy what you like, buy what you love. Um,
0: but then, when it comes to selling it, because there's stuff that you're gonna want to keep for your life, you know, maybe oh, give it to your you like, your your kids. But then,
1: you may miss the mark on selling it when it was hot yeah something. but
0: also like for me I have a collection right now where it's just it's mine I'm gonna keep it for as mm-hmm. long as I want to until mm-hmm. I'm not really married to it anymore yeah. and then I'll let it go for there's some certain value certain
1: comics that I just love
0: and then there's yeah. my side stuff that is literally se- it's sitting in a cell pile yeah yeah and I'm watching the market for them
1: yeah
0: and I'm gonna capitalize on it because for me it's an investment in addition to a hobby
1: I think it's tricky with comics though yeah yeah um, and I'm not
0: trying to break big because I know that it's very temperamental, but I know this is stuff I'm not gonna keep.
1: I mean, if you're buying it for five and you sell it for twenty-five, then hey, you made a you know. You made yeah, a your product. net is good from. Yeah, that. but the days of buying a four-dollar comic and selling it for five thousand <laughs> know? dollars.
0: I mean, X Men One sold for one hundred twenty-eight thousand dollars, but it's from nineteen sixty-three exactly. and it was exactly. mint.
1: Exactly exactly you know i like Meth man had the uh the issue with the hulk and, and wolverine, wolverine yeah right and he and that was five thousand dollars right but you go online and some places have it for three hundred thousand dollars so i don't get you know the, the whole pricing thing um i would just say get what you like and and this is know? stuff i like i'm not yeah. I,
0: in my collection i don't have anything mm-hmm. even on my cell pile that mm-hmm. i'm like Oh, I don't want this. I mean, I've got a Black Panther number one yeah. that I just got.
1: Yeah, I'm, like you follow the writers and you follow the artists, you know? Yeah. I've um, got
0: Daredevil one, and I, I've, I've already I've already read it on my own, but yeah. I have that number one. I want it to grow value. I mm-hmm. want to grade it. I want it to be on my wall, and then one day yeah. when I'm ready to sell it, I'll sell it. But do you think, like, because I see in my local comic shop... Um, I see guys like standing at the door at ten a.m. when I go in. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna get my pull box, but I see guys going in with like their girlfriend or their their mother even, and they storm the wall and they're like, mm-hmm. doof, 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 you know, they're like just picking what, up what issues. Are they buying like they're buying anything that they think is hot. I've heard them like have really? the conversations like, "Yo, you, you sure you don't want to grab this carnage variant?" He's like, yeah. "Oh yeah, grab it," and they have like a huge pile in their hand yeah. and that was me last with, week with that attitude yeah with that <laughs> with that attitude I see that they're more inclined to sell maybe yeah than keep like and with
1: the spawn definitely that was the idea with buying all the variants you know And
0: but it's something you love you're not exploiting it no you know. No, I think some no. people exploit the fact that it's that's, collecting it's yeah. like
1: collecting bas- you know baseball cards or mm-hmm. or collecting cars you know um, people collect vinyl records yeah you know like and I think that's what the comic book industry wants, right? They want us to go out there and buy their business. So they're going to make it as lucrative as possible and you know, interesting and entertaining for, you know, the, the, the reader. Yeah. But the key thing is supporting the artists, supporting yeah. the writers. Sure. You know? So that's why I say if if you enjoy this writer, go out there and get their content. You know support them support the artists you know um, yeah I mean at the end of the day it's 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 a business and I would definitely say if, if it's something that you feel it's not gonna make you rich I think it's not like stocks or anything <laughs> but no, you never and know you some mean,
0: people say like like gem collectibles yeah. I follow him on, on YouTube love his content he's you know when he was saying how he got into comic collecting mm-hmm he realized that some of his collection had to keep feeding his future collection. Exactly. So that's what he did, which I I think is great. And then, you know, if it's gonna be a hobby, you might as well have something that if you just strike luck, I think, you know, if you strike it, you can sell it and that could be invested anywhere. And that's a blessing just from being in the hobby Mm. that is so lucrative and powerful. And every, there's rich nerds, Mm. rich nerds will pay. Um, and I don't well, say like that said, in a derogatory way.
1: Anybody, you know, that's, you know, they could watch the next, you know, Blade movie and then say, hey, I want to get into Blade and it gets him into the comic books. And then they realize, oh, you know, I want to get this comic book from 10 years ago. And you they know?
0: might go as far as to spend the money on it. Exactly. But I, I like what you said about, I think that's a very important point with, uh, The fact that you like these comics, Mm -hmm. if it doesn't work out, you
1: still like them. And that's the beauty with comic books. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, you, I feel like it's back in the day, you had writers like, you know, C.S. Lewis and Gerald Tolkien, and you had all these philosophers and these writers, and they created universes, you know, where now we have comic books, you know, and comic books there's so much content out there like i can't even i go to our local comic book shop past present future shout out
0: shout out shout
1: out um awesome guys i work in there too very knowledgeable um but when i look at all the different comic books i can't i can't even fathom and there's brand new ones coming out every single week you know
0: yeah, so, that's an amazing industry. It's growing rapidly, yeah. and, and that's why me personally, I would love to uh, be a comic book, you know, writer. Um, you know, in addition to writing novels and stuff like that, which I've mm-hmm. am already practicing in, and
1: but they go hand in hand, right? Like you write a great novel do. that they turns do. into a yeah. comic book,
0: and I just it's been so cool to read like the high level writing right now by Donnie Cates and mm-hmm. um, Jonathan Hickman. Um, and you know amongst other people Um, but yeah I just want to thank you for being on thanks for having me man I think we'll wrap it here and uh yeah man awesome cool if you want to introduce yourself and uh, share what you want with the people that are going to be listening and how you as a person relate to the topic tonight, which is um, the comics industry and how it is impacting film and television.
2: Uh, Well, my name's Tommy Boniuto. Um, I've been reading comics since I was a little kid, but I didn't really start getting into it until I was, like, older, and I started really, like, getting down to, like, the Spider-Man stuff and everything. Um, That's probably my favorite character. Um, I like Venom. That's probably my favorite villain. Yeah. But the comic books I mean there's it's definitely taken off it never used to be that big back in the day but like now it's like now like with movies and everything it's just taken off it's crazy it's crazy how much like how popular it is but now like everyone wants to get their hands in it so yeah it's like
0: for sure you were exposed to comics early on, yeah. but you said it didn't have an impact until later on. So, like, around what age, what area of your life?
2: Well, I wouldn't say it didn't have an impact when I was little, but I didn't, like... I mean, I really didn't have the money for comic books. Yeah, it you was weren't like, in it the way you
0: are now. Yeah, like, yeah.
2: now now I have the money to, like, spend like, buy comic books and, yeah. like, search for, like, the missing pieces. Because I'm, I'm very, like... I like to read everything in order. Yeah. So, like before it was just like very scattered so now now that I have the money I can like piece together this whole collection of Spider-Man
0: gotcha so. yeah i i feel the the same way um, but you know i actually didn't have that as a staple in my childhood like you know i was under the stigma that you know if you had comic books you were like a neckbeard in your basement <laughs> and <laughs> you weren't really moving anywhere in society if you were like a one of those comic book collectors i was
2: too young to care about that yeah yeah of course (laughs) but uh i mean i still can't even grow a beard so it was like (laughs) (laughs) oh well
0: i feel you there um but you know that's definitely changed like especially with what you said with um comics just taking over or comic book source material taking over movies as we know it and tv shows and you know um, Brandon and I had a long discussion about that and, you know, where that's going. And there's so many possibilities. but um,
2: Yeah, on both sides. We like DC yeah. and, and Marvel. And
0: that's the thing. I'm not really plugged in with DC, but I'm seeing now that there's actually... They're putting more emphasis into their movies. You know, you got James Gunn with the Suicide Squad. They've uh, paired a new Batman. Um, you know, that's debatable. Um, and then... You got Birds of Prey, all these different things they're trying to do. And um, although I'm not a fan of DC, mostly because the movies have left a bad taste in my mouth and I cannot afford another universe to dig (laughs) into, I'm excited to see what they're going to do. And uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Joker, October 4th, is that like a DCEU movie or is this kind of like The Dark Knight where it's like away from that whole basket what do you what do you know about that
2: um what i've heard about the joker is like i don't think it has anything to do with the universe they kind of just because they even gave him like joker name and like i guess he you know as a clown makeup but i heard it's like it's not really true to the character like they didn't use a lot of like source material they kind of like made it its own thing so it's just kind of joker and name i don't think it's have gonna have anything to do with like this DC, dc universe at all like that whole thing they're planning even though they keep restarting the dc universe and movies but
0: (laughs) gotcha gotcha yeah uh i mean we'll see i mean it'd be cool if they can put them together you know if they if they want to take uh take notes from you know marvel's plan of action with those movies yeah um but also in the sense what sets them apart could be good too 'Cause I think D C with all those like failures on the, in the box office, they have a chance to reinvent themselves and, and maybe go in a different lane than what Marvel does. So we'll see. Yeah, um, and
2: they don't they don't have the history that Marvel does. That's the thing. Like since they keep restarting, it's like Marvel like they what had ten years or something, like, to build this whole universe. Like, yeah. D C they keep restarting so it's like they have they're not like building anything.
0: Gotcha. You see and I didn't know that because I, I just you know, I, I can thank Marvel for you know pushing themselves onto me with the movies. You know. Yeah. So.
2: That's kind of what like got you into more into the, like the Marvel comic books.
0: Yeah. So. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it was the the success of Infinity War that caught me because I like new and shiny things, and I like things that are um, they spike up in popularity and people are talking about it yeah so me and my wife we actually sat down and across four days we went from winter soldier to infinity war <laughs> in their release order oh wow so that was like i mean you know god bless her for that <laughs> and then uh, we we finished it up that's that fourth day at the very end of that day we went to the theaters and we saw infinity war and we left broken because we had just gotten into this universe cinematic and it really made an impression on us, especially me. I mean, eventually my wife forgot about it, but <laughs> I was just like, that was so great. You know, like being a filmmaker, I, I loved the writing. It was a little campy, but um, just, I appreciated so much um, as a collection. And then I fell into comics.
2: You just needed more.
0: At first it was a digital obsession you know using uh using marvel unlimited and then i bought my first copy of house of x1 by jonathan hickman and it was over and that was only like two and a half months ago yeah so pretty recent yeah um huge impact especially as a writer as a filmmaker um but yeah i mean this that's that brings us to this point so you're a huge spider-man fan so like 1 to 10 where's your knowledge base at you think in the comics
2: in the comics Uh, or in
0: general you know that's why that's why I brought you in
2: man probably say like from on a scale of 1 to 10 probably an 8 an 8 wow yeah I mean like cause there's so much material it's like hard to remember I know. And, I and especially with spider-man he he always at least has like three different comics running at the same time so and they all have to do with each other so it's just Which is it's a big universe so frustrating <laughs> yeah but
0: i i would i would say without a doubt spider-man is the the face of the marvel universe oh yeah um, definitely for sure other uh, comics universe you know uh but yeah, I've seen your collection. It's massive. You have <laughs> omnibuses and trade paperbacks, and even Singles, some single yeah. issues. And
2: not all of them are collected in trades, unfortunately. So, yeah, yeah. For at least amazing Spider-Man, at least. So,
0: wait. So you're
2: that my my basically that collection you saw was all Amazing Spider-Man. I mean, yeah. I have some like Spectacular and stuff like that, but like the main run. Yeah. Is what that's made up of. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
0: So you're you're you still have so much more. Essentially. Yeah. I mean
2: I just wanna collect Amazing right now. Maybe maybe I'll try Spectacular Web or something, but Okay. Right now I just I wanna finish collecting uh, Amazing, so Okay. I'm pretty much like ninety percent there.
0: <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. Um so I wanted years. you to, to weigh in on the whole Spider Man debacle. That's been out for like about a month now. Um we've seen some twists and turns, some possibilities that you know Disney could form a new deal with Sony right um, now
2: right now it's like there's no deal right
0: yeah sure yeah
2: Cause I, haven't, I haven't completely kept up with it okay
0: there's uh, you know I read a report the other day that um, something about 60% of spider-man and they were getting venom and I was just super hyped and so excited what Disney was <laughs> rumor it was a rumor. Oh, okay it ended up coming from a website that wasn't really reputable youtubers went wild with it you know those content creators that they they thrive off the mcu news that comes in but what's your what's your take on i know we've talked about it but for our listeners what's your take on the whole spider-man debacle with sony where do you think it's going and and where do you lean on it
2: um i honestly think i mean disney really has to like offer something good to sony to like keep them because like we were discussing earlier like Spider-Man is the face of the comic books and he can definitely now that Iron Man's gone he definitely can become the face of the movies so and I especially I heard heard they're dropping Captain Marvel as well
0: did you hear that?
2: yeah I heard, I heard that I'm not sure like 100% like if that's true or not but yeah I heard they didn't want to go through a Captain Marvel I don't know how true that is but because uh, apparently they were supposed to have like Spider-Man was supposed to very like boost Like Captain Marvel up, like they were supposed to have like interactions with each other, but now since you know, they don't have Spider Man right now.
0: I see. Yeah. I know at Comic Con it was announced that a Captain Marvel two was coming, alongside with Black Panther two, Fantastic Four mutants. Yeah. But that was before this whole thing happened. Yeah, exactly. But I have a reason to believe Disney knew that was gonna happen because they knew that their deal was gonna be done at a certain point. Yeah. It was limited.
2: I, and maybe that's why they pushed it now because I, I think they didn't even have to touch the contract to way later right it was like they yeah because yeah, they have one more movie I think
0: they have one more but um, I think Sony's doing the next one okay yeah
2: because yeah, now they don't want to touch it but yeah. I think that's why they pushed it now to see like where Sony's at like are we going to keep spider-man maybe not if we're not you know then we can go in this direction it's like
0: when you lease a car and then six months before you're done they try to put you in a new car yeah okay so they're
2: they're trying to see like beforehand like where they're at to you know continue this universe or phase four so gotcha okay yeah i think that's where it's gonna go with that but i mean i'm i'm kind of glad uh sony is keeping (laughs) (laughs) spider-man
0: unpopular but welcome opinion
2: I mean, not to say, like, I didn't enjoy the Spider-Man movies, like, that Disney yeah. put out. Yeah. They're um, they, they were really good. And especially, I think Disney has done the best villains so far, especially for Spider-Man. Like, uh, Mysterio and the Vulture are, like, very spot on. And, like, to the source material. I see. Which is kind of weird why I think they didn't, like, do too much source material for Spider-Man. Like, Spider-Man doesn't really feel like Spider-Man to me which is why I kind of like I'm glad Sony takes like is taking him back cuz I feel like the Sony movies like are more true to Spider-Man as a character like in in the Disney movies he's he's almost like a Iron Man 2.0 Yeah they really
0: they really had to rework the the Spider-Man image because of the limitations they had with Sony had they had everything I think maybe we would have seen a closer representation that's true and and you know I, I brought this up with, with Brandon it was like because of Marvel's lack of properties they rolled the dice with Iron Man you know imagine it wasn't that way I would feel that Spider-Man would have been the face of the MCU and maybe you would have got some hybrid of Tobey Maguire Andrew Garfield you know everyone's a fan of, of one Spider-Man respectively yeah um, do you agree with that I mean
2: yeah, I do. Um, I think Tom Holland's my favorite Spider-Man, even though I I don't like the character, like where they're going with the character. In Disney. Like a sh- like in the shadow of Iron Man, but uh, I think Tom Holland probably plays the best. I think he's my favorite Spider-Man, honestly. true gotcha. And I, I like I said, I really I still enjoy the movies, even though I like I don't really like I, I think Spider-Man's more likable than like Civil War, like like when he plays like a side character in other movies. Yeah. So far in Disney but uh, I still enjoy those movies, so
0: Yeah. I mean we'll see where it goes, but you know, let's say Spider Man goes with Sony, like indefinitely, which it sounds like that's where they're going now. What would you like to see in terms of comic book source material, you know, now that Sony can pull from the Spider Man basket? And, you know, these are events that involve the Spider Man characters, not really the larger Marvel universe, because they don't have that.
2: Um, I don't know. It's hard to say. There's so much source material to pull from, and I not I also don't know. Are they restarting the universe? Like, how are they going to do this?
0: Like, um, I know it's it's difficult to 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 think. I mean, I mean, I know you mentioned this before. I think they have an opportunity to continue from where they left off. With uh, Homecoming Or not Homecoming, I'm sorry Far away from home F- far, yeah. Um, you know with the whole Mysterio exploits Peter Parker thing Yeah And you know that event could Pretty much create Another set of events That lead Peter Parker To being kind of on his own Or isolated From everyone else And that's where you can introduce people like Venom um, other villains we haven't seen yet that that Sony has the rights to.
2: Um, I guess they could do like a Spider Verse, like yeah, yeah. They could like throw him into because now they have like Venom and like the cartoon Spider Verse with Miles. Yeah, with Miles and, Gwen, and everything. Yeah. So they can. I mean, if they want to get him out of the Disney universe, like still use him but keep him in that Disney universe, they could definitely like throw him into the Spider Verse where he does like. Like, maybe this is his actual timeline or something, or like he just gets stuck in a different timeline with like different Aunt May. Because I don't know if they can use like the characters like Aunt May and stuff like that. Yeah. And MJ and all that. I'm not sure.
0: This dude, this poor Peter Parker (laughs) in this (laughs) universe. My God. You know, he gets dusted. (laughs) Then he loses um, Tony Stark in the next movie. And then he gets outed <laughs> In his next movie And then now what He's supposed to be in a different universe yeah, Where because, all his loved ones are gone Because the powers that be decided it I mean I, I love like, a Spider-Verse movie But it needs to be done right
2: Yeah but I feel like that's very Like in Spider-Man fashion yeah. Like all these tragedies that happen to him I know Cause that's like he's always He'll always be up on something And then just it always comes crashing down yeah. Like there, he always has some type of hardship that he's going through, and I think that's that's why I liked Spider Man so much. Like I could, like he he's very like I guess realistic. Like you can like relate to him a lot because he's always going through like some kind of hardship. He is, and yeah. And it's and it's very like, it's very like real. It's not like yeah. Kind of like a superhero thing, like where it's kind of like I don't know. You can't really relate to it because you're not like a billionaire or like flying to space or something like very relatable because he's like in new york city and that's that's his home
0: he's that street level character you really you really can relate to so um
2: yeah but they i think they could also do instead of spider verse i think they could also do uh because you know they kind of leave it off like brand new day and the civil war uh where they have um what's his name what's the devil's name again mephisto yeah mephisto so they can just like like, have, like, that happen again, kind of. Like, in like in the comic books, where he, like... Because he, he makes it so, like, Mary Jane didn't exist in his life in the comic books. Yeah. So they could do the same thing, I guess, with him. Like, where none of those characters he interacted with in the Disney universe... Gotcha. Like, exist yeah. anymore. Like, so it kind of keeps it in the same timeline. Or, uh, I guess, like, an alternate timeline, like, branched off. Yeah. So they can do, like, his own movie. So I think those are the two ways they could really... Yeah, where are we going to see Spider-Man going?
0: They're, they're sitting on a strong base of stories, and they're sitting on a cash crop. Yeah. And, you know, moving into the, the you know, rippling effect it's having on films and TV. I mean, you're seeing stuff come out now, like The Boys, you know, which is... That's really like good. Have you seen it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I'm two episodes short, sadly. But, you know, that's taking it to a new, deeper, darker level, like Daredevil on Netflix um you know the dark knight series i think with spider-man there's a sense of maturity because of what he goes through that they could take it to that level especially as that actor gets older and um with sony's mishaps i think that they can even they can do that and then even if they take it into spider-verse it could still have that darkness of you know Morlin and those um what are they? Are they
2: like vampires? Uh, yeah. Yeah. But they like feed off of spider people. Spider totems, yeah. yeah.
0: You know, that whole thing, that that could be a terrifying experience. And I think with, with Spider-Man, if you tap into his humanity and just the darkness, you could really make a satisfying series of movies or TV with him. Because right now, Image Comics, Dark Horse they're creating things that are being ordered to Amazon and to other services, Hulu, Netflix, you name it, Disney Plus. Um, Actually, that's not true. (laughs) Nothing's going to Disney Plus if it's not Marvel. I take that back. Um, Don't kill me, please. (laughs) FBI. Uh, Yeah, so I'm seeing these other companies and I'm seeing what's being ordered and I've read these different series and they're incredible. There's a time and place for campy comic book source material, but I think that in the direction we're moving now from from Endgame, post-Endgame, which has affected every type of movie, you know, in the superhero genre. Yeah, definitely. Um, there needs to be a case for more gripping, captivating storytelling. Um, but, of course, small points of relief is always good, which Spider-Man provides. But they, th- you know... I can't say because I'm not a writer at the table for them, of course. What I love to be, of course, (laughs) but someday. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, they uh. There's a there's a beautiful thing about Spider-Man, and that's why we're like we're honing on him so much, because there's the humanity, and then there's the fact that he can really bring a sense of light into your own enjoyment. It's crazy when I you know I'm reading comics with him, and he's in this death-defying battle. But he's talking smack the whole time. And it's like, dude, <laughs> shut up. You're going to die. Somebody in your family is going to get killed. Or well, a loved one.
2: That that whole thing, like, he does that because he gets nervous.
0: Is that his tick?
2: Yeah, so gotcha. So very early on when he started as Spider-Man, like, he, you know, he, he was a nerdy kid in high school, like, like a scientist. Like, he, he never really got into fights or anything. That's so, like, true. becoming Spider-Man, all of a sudden become a superhero, fighting crime, you're getting, like, there's, like, gunshots, like, gun, like bullets flying past you, like, it's a whole, totally different thing, so he was always nervous, so his, his thing was to always, like, you know, crack jokes and stuff, and it, like, kept his mind off of, like, being nervous, and so, like, eventually, like, you know, he got so used to doing it, he was just so used to, like, cracking jokes, like... He wasn't really nervous anymore, like in the later comics, but it was just like, he's so used to doing that, so that's kind of like where that comes from, so. Gotcha,
0: I understand that. Um, For today's first episode, I'll start with uh, one of the graphic novels that I pulled away this month, The Umbrella Academy Volume 3, Hotel Oblivion, amazing. I did get the Barnes & Noble's exclusive edition. Uh, It's a nice cover. Actually, you were there with me. Yeah, it was there there with
2: you. It was a nice cover.
0: Oh, dude. Such a nice cover. Feels amazing. But, uh, dude, Gerard Way is, like, the way he tells a story, you kind of have to, like, after you finish it, you need to go back and kind of put the pieces together again. But once you do that, you are, like, so thankful for the way he writes. And um, the illustrator, Gabriel Ba, he's, like, I probably butchered that. But, dude. And this is
2: after... Like, where the Netflix ends or whatever? So, the
0: Netflix show pulls from the first two. And then, um... There is something in Volume 3 that may have inadvertently pulled from the show. Which is funny. Oh, okay. So, I could be wrong. Only Gerard knows. (laughs) So, uh... Moving to comics. Collapser number three. So, this one is actually by uh, Mikey Way, his brother. And Sean Simon. They collaborated on this. And, um... Dude, everything from the art, the writing, the just the way things pop out of panels, the full splashes. Uh, This is a really cool series. It's about a guy who um, realizes that his mother had this uh, ability um, to pretty much conjure a black hole within herself. And uh, he ends up with this after just, you know, numerous life events. And he becomes a superhero called Collapser. The Collapser. And I'm loving it so far.
2: A lot of the indie writers write a lot better than Marvel. (laughs) Oh, my God. And the quality of their comics are
0: better. You hold it in your hand. and It's like... It just feels better. Oh, dude. Yeah. Speaking of quality, uh, moving to Something is Killing the Children, number one. It was released earlier this month by Boom Studios, written by James Tinian 4 Uh, The fourth, sorry. And, um... Man, this is... People are loving that series. Oh, I went through hell getting this. (laughs) It was... Oh my gosh. Like, I didn't... I kind of just skimmed past it. I was like, this isn't going to be a big series. And then it just, like, exploded. Yeah. So, you know, incredible story. The art is great. I mean, when there's violence, there's violence. And the way that it's drawn is just beautiful. It's like the walking dead meets it you know and then meets like Minehunter. like it's just all these beautiful things brought together and i'm i'm really excited um coming from marvel is silver surfer black number four written by Donnie cates and tradmore and tradmore also did the art This is one of the most mind-blowing comic series that have been out. The artwork is incredible. The colors are insane. It's like an acid trip. And, um, you know, Silver Surfer's inner demons and his dialogue with himself is the best part of the story. And just, you know, he gets shot back in time through a black hole. And then it's his journey getting back to the present time. Oh okay. Um, and this is a part of a larger set of comics that um, Donny Cates is doing that's leading to a much bigger story so he's killing it Donny Cates is like smashing the game right now he's got Absolute Carnage Silver Surfer Black Guardians of the Galaxy Venom Venom and he's doing Venom Island soon so that's coming up
2: Venom Island
0: um, yeah Venom. Island.
2: oh like spider island I guess, I guess so okay. I don't know
0: but yeah this is uh, one of my picks uh, moving on continue with comics House of X 5, dude, dude. I was gonna pick House of X uh, 4, and then I was just like, pfft, threw it (laughs) behind me. This is, I mean, they've got three more left to impress me, but even if they are not good, there's still this one. This is one of the best comics I've ever read, and it changes X-Men forever, like forever. You know, unless Marvel, direct in the future. <laughs> but um Jonathan Hickman, writer, uh Pepe Larraz, artist, cover artist, and um Marte Garcia is the colorist. And dude, like you anyone who wants to get into comics, they should start with House of X, Powers of X. You don't need to know anything about the X-Men because I didn't. <laughs> and now I know a lot.
2: And a lot of the old X-Men fa- fans <laughs> apparently like it's it's more true like to the older like uh x-men that they enjoyed so I mean.
0: yeah i mean marvel girls in it which was gene gray um yeah. so there's there's like an homage if you would say to to the old stuff yeah um
2: so if you're an old x-men fan you'll probably love it too
0: for sure and my last pick for comics is spider-man number one by j.j J. abrams henry abrams and art by sarah Pikelly.
2: It's a different universe, right? It's
0: a different universe. It's not what it seems at all. They totally get you, and I don't know why I fell for it. I'm a filmmaker. J.J. Abrams is a legendary filmmaker. I should have seen the early twist coming, but I didn't. (laughs) And I sat there like an idiot with my comic book open, like, (laughs) No way. It was... Oh, man, it's great. Um, And then uh, moving on to novels um i've got a fiction novel that is being praised by everyone everyone and it's the water dancer by Tanasi Coates he um is currently writing the um run of Captain America and Black Panther but he released his first novel and it's blowing up. Um, I love this guy's comic writing, so I can't imagine his novel writing. It must be like out of this world.
2: Okay, so it was just a regular novel. It's yeah. not a, like a graphic novel or anything?
0: Uh, no, no. Okay. I haven't been able to pick this up. Uh, I plan to, but I'm so excited to read this. I just pulled it anyways, even though I haven't read it, because I know it's probably the best book of this month, period. And then I'm gonna end on a important, but rather depressing note a book called The Uninhabitable Earth, Life After Warming by David Wallace-Wells. This book is currently changing me. It is such a great read, but it's, it's a really hard pill to swallow. Um, it discusses the data-backed, science-backed effects of global warming as it's happening and how it will be in the years to come, like 2050, 2100 you know those are my polls for the month tommy thank you for being on the show thanks for having uh, me again yeah man enjoy a cookie enjoy a cookie (laughs) thank you and uh we'll be moving on with our next episode in a month and we'll announce it on our social media pages thanks